welcome to the STR Data Lab. So, welcome to the STR Data Lab. I'm here with Derek, the CEO of Nectar. My name is Jamie Lane. I'm the VP of Research at AirDNA. And today we're going to dive into the world of short-term rental financing, cash flow-based financing. And I've got a friend here, a fellow Atlantean on the Atlantean. Is that is that the word? I think ATLian, maybe. ATLian. I, I like that even better. <laughs> yeah. Point by outcast and they're official. That makes it official. Right. <laughs> so a fellow ATLian here. And we've known each other for what, two years now? It has been two years. I, I didn't even know because we met right around the time where your last kid was born. And uh-huh. I was thinking that was last year, but that was two years ago. That's it's crazy. <laughs> I, I was in the Techstars office around then. And yeah, time flies. Yeah. So maybe that's a, a good intro into the conversation for our listeners is you guys were in Techstars a startup incubator. And I know you practice this at, at, at Techstars. So what's the sort of elevator pitch on on Nectar? We did practice this at Techstars and we got much better now from the, then we had no clue what you're saying. But we at Nectar provide cash flow-based financing to professional real estate owners and managers. So it's, it's different from a mortgage. We work with your existing capital stack. So if you have a mortgage, your equity already, we don't replace that. As a matter of fact, you should go with a mortgage because that's going to be cheaper than we are. You would use us as funds for a down payment or cost overruns on a renovation or to furnish your property. Uh, but in general, we provide fast, flexible financing for people who have stabilized cash flowing properties. So if a listener out there has no listings, they're looking to get started in the short-term rental market for the first time, they should turn off the podcast, right? No, they should keep listening and keep working. And when they have some properties in a year or so from now, they should apply. Uh, or they can apply now and we will put them on our email list <laughs> for later. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we're mostly working with people with at least a year and a half, two years of uh, actual operating history. You can't get our best rates unless you have at least three years of experience and then you can get like our, our lowest rates. So in knowing you, uh, Derek, that you were in the real estate industry prior to starting Nectar, you were running I mean, what hundreds of short-term rentals with your wife, your co-founder. So yeah. what in doing that and inspired you to, to start Nectar? Yeah, I, you can say I was running, but that would be using the word running a portfolio incredibly loosely. Uh, well, <laughs> Brittany was running our, a, a, a portfolio of short-term rentals, about 125 or 120, so 125, 127 units. I was in the apartment business. So I've been in the real estate business since 2010 when I was in, in college. My senior year, started buying properties, start single family, uh, then portfolios of single family, then quads, then you know, portfolios of quads and small multifamily, and just built and built. Now, I worked at Goldman Sachs for a while trading bonds, but... In 2013, I had about 500 units and started full time. You know, I left Goldman Sachs and started flipping apartment complexes full time. So my background is as a real estate entrepreneur, like, you know, going syndicating deals, you know, gutting properties, doing all the work, hiring the management companies, doing all that stuff. And Brittany, too. That, that's our background. And she started we started a short term rental portfolio in 2017 because we wanted more cash flow. 
and they had and we heard that that Airbnb had cash flow, and so we were like, okay, we're here for it. <laughs> and then that grew, that grew pretty. You know, we you know went from zero to a hundred in about I don't know two years because we already had the apartments, so we were just getting units in our apartments uh, or buying apartments specifically for this. So we bought you know we bought a townhome community that maybe had you know, 15 townhomes and put four short-term rentals in it. So like, we, you know, we, we do things like that. And we decided in 2020, it was in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I, I was under contract to buy an apartment complex in LA, in, in Koreatown actually, called the Harvard. And our money had already gone hard. So we were like moving towards closing. And our lender said, hey, we're going to pull back on proceeds. So we it left a million dollar gap that we had to fill. Uh, this is like a couple of weeks before closing. And I was like, wow, uh, you know, they were worried about some virus or something. But, you know, we, 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 that's when I had the idea, like, we have this cash flowing portfolio of real estate. Like, why can't, if we could just leverage that in some kind of way, then we could get that million dollars to finish, to close on this deal without having to go and syndicate equity from, you know, bring in new investors or try to fight with this lender. I brought that idea to my investors and they loved it so much. Uh, then I decided that, hey, this is an issue that so many people have. You know, you have a cash flowing portfolio, but you need cash today. And we can solve that problem. And, that, and that's how we got started. So essentially, like, and you can see how much cash flow, total revenue minus expenses has been coming in off of these properties. I know in a year I'm going to have this money and I just need that money now. So essentially, Nectar can give you an advance on that future cash flow that you know is coming in. Yeah. And I say we look out one to five years. So we, we're looking at your net cash flow. So your income minus operating expenses minus debt service. You know, so like we're looking at your entire like how much cash we're we actually making. We'll take out any one time expenses or CapEx or acquisitions. So like, you know, if you're not cash flow positive because you're doing a renovation, we'll take that out. We're looking at what is your operating cash flow? And we'll say, okay, based off of this, how much can you pay back? And we'll give you an advance for one to five year terms. So, you know, the more we go out, the more money we can get you up front. And, that, and, and that's how it works. So is it just the money comes in and you can use it forever, whatever you want? Or what are the sort of reasons why you'd give someone money? Yeah. So that's the thing. The whole point of this capital is, is your money. You're just getting it now instead of later. So you can use it for whatever you want. It has to be a business purpose, you know, mostly for regulatory purposes. You, you know, we, we have to extend capital to an entity, not to a person. And you have to promise to use it for business purposes. You just rep, you rep that in the document, you know, hey, I'm representing that I'm using this for business purposes. But we've had people use us to buy property management companies, to put up down payments for properties, to buy a boat, to uh, do renovations. Most people, a lot of people use this for renovations or finishing properties to do furnishing. So it's flexible. The whole point of it is to be flexible. Yeah. So, so that, that's kind of how, how it works. And in, in talking with investors, it's no surprise that real estate is a, a capital intensive industry. There's always sort of big expenditures that need to happen that you need cash for. And this seems like a, a great way to, let's say, you get a whole bunch of units and then you figure out how much you need to use to furnish, I mean, how much you need to furnish them. The fact that cash flow isn't consistent from month to month, maybe you just need to spread out that and more, or you go into down season and you realize you don't have enough cash to sort of get you through the entire year. That's actually a great point. So we have like two products 
okay. a cash advance product and a pref equity product. With the cash advance product, we have that we don't have any lien on the property. It's just you know, we have a lien on the property on the entity or mm -hmm. the management entity if you're a manager. Uh, and, and there's a personal guarantee. The pref equity product, there is no lien on the property. There is no personal guarantee, but we have a membership interest uh, that gets bought out over time. For either of these, we can structure it so that your payments are lower during, uh, during down seasons and higher during high seasons. That mm -hmm. way, you know, a lot of people have seasonality and we, and we, we want us to be set up to just work with the property you have, not the imaginary property you don't have, you know? So like if like December, January, February are bad months where you're going to be making half the income, then we can make the payments half the payments during that period. Like we're structuring to fit your business, not the other way around. So in just putting a, a finer point on it. So when someone's come to you and they say, all right, Derek, you convinced me. Like they bring their bag up to your office and say, please fill it with cash. What are you looking at to decide on one, whether or not you're going to loan to that person or not? And then two, how much you can actually lend to them for, for whatever they need it for? It's a great question. You know, we have like a seven points that go into an algorithm that spin out a score and that determines how much and how, how much it costs and how much it is. But I say the primary things are we're super data driven. You know, so we're, we look at the things that make real estate more risky are leverage and the ability to withstand revenue shocks. So we've gone back through the past, you know, several recessions going back to the 1900s, you know, to really see like, where should we be in order to just survive? It doesn't help us and it doesn't help you either for mm -hmm. us for, to be over levered. It doesn't help anybody. One thing that we look at is how much leverage does your property or does your portfolio have currently? You need to be able to withstand at least a 15% drop in asset value and still be and not be, you know, underwater. The same thing with revenue. You need to, we, you know, we're looking at, can you withstand a 15% revenue drop and still be able to cover all your expenses? So those are two tests that are immediate pass fails. Either you pass and we can continue or you fail and we, and we don't continue. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like talk to us ne next time. And then we're looking, we're looking at revenue, your cash flow margins, NOI margins, your amount, like how much experience you have. Uh, the quality of the asset and the market, other things that are like softer type things that will matter, you know, that, that go into the algorithm. If your cash flow margins are high enough where you can withstand a 15% revenue decline and still be able to cover our, our, our debt service or our, our payment, then you'll, you'll, we'll probably be able to get you some capital. Mm -hmm. Do you guys take into account at all, like what your, the change you're making to a property? So if like you're adding a pool, I'm going to take $50,000, like, then my ADR is going to be like, $200 higher. Like, Derek, you got to be able to give me its extra money because my property is going to do a whole lot better once I got this pull in. Yeah, we will look at data. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, we love data. And if you have something to show us like that, that proves like, hey, if we do this, then we'll have additional revenue. We will look at it. We'll discount it, you know, probably because we're really leaning on what you've actually done. But yeah, we'll we will definitely look at like, you know, like forward looking projections. If you're buying a property or buying a management company that's going to add cash flow or doing renovations that are going to add cash flow, 
100% will look at it uh, and take it into consideration. Yeah, that's a, a core part of like real estate and that's a core and, and we get it. And so, yes, that, that is something that we will do. However, you have to have existing cash flowing properties. That's a requirement. So it can't be like, yep. you know, I have this portfolio that's 0% cash flowing right now, but once I have the capital, it's going to, you know, be making a million dollars. That That's just not how our, how our product works. So as a lender, I'm sure the current environment we're in isn't, I'm, and maybe I'm I'm projecting, isn't isn't super exciting where there's and markets that are alone seeing 15% declines in revenues. There's homes in general are seeing pretty significant declines in asset values. Interest rates are uh, what doubled in the past year for on an entirely risk-free side. So has that changed how you guys think about lending and the types of assets you'll lend to or types of people you'll lend to or in the business model at all? That's a great question. Like the market has changed and so things change. But for us, this is the time where the deals are happening. This is the time where the people who are going to dominate the market in the future are building their team, building their portfolio, building market share. Uh, this is the time where like strong operators get stronger. And we are looking for strong operators to back right now. Like, we're being just as aggressive as before in terms of finding the great deals and the great operators. The cost of capital is going up. So our cost of capital is not immune to what's going on in the market. Like we're, mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to make an advance at an 8% rate. Mortgages are at 8%, you know, like, you know, so like our cost of capital has gone up, but the amount that lenders are loaning, the leverage loan to value has gone down dramatically. And mm -hmm. we see this as an opportunity for us to step in and fill that gap in the capital stack that lenders are leaving by reducing the leverage. We're happy to continue to do deals in this environment with people who have strong business models, who have experience executing on a business plan and showing that, hey, they can make, you know, make these numbers work. We have been a little bit more conservative in terms of like the amount that we'll give. We are super laser focused on what are your cash flow margins, how much leverage. If you if you have if you're an experienced operator, if you have low leverage, if you did a deal in 2019 or 2020 before the pandemic and you have low interest rates and your property value has gone up and you don't want to refi out of this low interest mortgage because your know, rates are double or triple now, we're perfect for you. Like we're, we're being, we're doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on those sponsors and people with those properties who have low leverage, who have like low interest rates because they did the deal before this big spike uh, and giving them capital so they can use to buy more properties now in a market where it's easier to get deals. It's easier to find good deals in this market than it was in market where there were 30 offers for any deal that hit the market. So where does Nectar get its capital from that you're lending out? It's a great question. So we have three primary capital sources. We have a credit facility. Uh, there's basically a, a debt fund that's lent us about, that we have a facility, about a $25 million facility. We have a fund uh, that Brittany and I seeded the fund with proceeds from selling a lot of our real estate portfolio. We've also raised from selective uh, investors, most of the investors that we've known from our real estate days. And, and then we sell individual advances Again, to some, like we've built relationships with uh, several investors over the years who are, they liked investing before and, 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 and they, you know, we were sponsors and they, and they do now. So that's primarily our fund and, you know, in our, in, in our credit facility. That's great. So 
I'm sure you see a ton of deals coming across your desk, lots of ways that people are wanting to tap into funds to, to help grow their business. Can you share some interesting examples some, or some trends that you're seeing in the ways that people are, are looking to and use these funds and grow their bit short-term rental business? Of course. Uh, so we have like, <laughs> we have, we get to see like, that's the cool thing about sitting in this seat. I get to see like really great sponsors doing really cool things. So we've definitely seen an uptick in people that are looking to buy management companies. Like in, in, in this, in this environment, there are people who, who are ready to get out of the business, you know, who don't want to go through another recession. They did it before and, and they're out. And, and so we've seen people diversifying their portfolio. So they have a portfolio that's super seasonal uh, in one part of the country. And they are buying property management companies in another part of the country or in a place that's like counter seasonal. Uh, so we've seen a, a, you know, a, few, a few of those deals. And we love those deals. And we, we finance, we both will extend capital to the company that they already have and the company that they're looking to buy. Uh, we've seen some of the multiples come down on property management companies. Uh, so, you know, now there, there's some great deals. You've seen some, you know, people buying deals at, you know, two and three times, you know, even our multiples, uh, which, you know, which I think is, you know, can be, it's, it's pretty attractive. We've seen a lot of people, like, you know, they have a fund or they've syndicated equity to buy properties and they want to buy additional properties and they don't want to go out and do a whole nother capital raise where they're trying to circle up with all these investors again. And so we allow them to leverage their the cash flow from the existing syndication. You have to let your current investors know, but it's it's a great pitch to say, hey, go to your current investor, say, hey, we can leverage the cash flow in our existing property to buy a whole other property. You get to own two properties for the price of one. Uh, so it's been and so we've had people, we've had a, a bunch of people uh, do that recently, where they just go one by one through all of their syndications, you know, getting advances and buying properties. We had a, a guy in Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee, recently, and you can jump in if I'm if I'm you know going too long. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a guy in Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee. Everybody knows about the Nashville market, but it's it's crazy. It's been a crazy growth story over the past several years. Um, he he bought some of his properties kind of pre-pandemic, and now he's going back and putting pools because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of pools there, and they get a lot. He gets a, a big uptick there. Uh, so he, he has several properties. He's getting in advance, in advance and one by one, he's going and putting it in pools in his properties uh, and seeing that big uptick in, in ADRs. One, some of the like not so, you know, maybe not as much offensive, but more defensive. Uh, we definitely had some people come in who they are just over budget. They have 10 properties uh, that are stabilized. They bought two properties that were going to be big rehab projects. They thought it was going to be X, but it's, 1.6x or 1.3x and yeah. it's like well you know and you can go make a capital call to your investors but you know that's not a fun phone call to make i've yeah. done it in the past <laughs> <laughs> so like you know that's another place where we can just come in boom we get the cash uh unless you finish that project up uh get back on your feet so those are a, a couple of examples i don't know i can go into any i can go yeah. do more want any more detail in any of those no, maybe and and pivoting a bit, given and the time that you and Brittany have spent in the in the sector, maybe just your thoughts on just how the short term rental market has evolved over the past what five six, six years now that you guys have been in the space. 
what trends are you seeing that are going to sort of shape the future of the industry and and specifically around sort of creative financing or or professionalization things like that yeah i mean really professionalization is the word i mean uh-huh. back when we got started a lot of our competitors were just like you know people were renting out another bedroom or it was like really a much more scrappy space, you know, and we're seeing it professionalized, which is something that we've seen in a lot of other real estate industries. And I'm not saying anything that's like rocket science or new, but the experience is getting more professional and the people that are doing this are getting more professional. And there are benefits that accrue to the people that are becoming more professional and those benefits compound. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, the people who are like investing in having better operations and having better, even things like accounting and just back office processes, they aren't facing the customer, but they allow you to be a better operator and be able to, and be able to like know what's going on in your business better, which that accrues to the customer and accrues to your bottom line. Like the people who are investing in professionalizing, they're just going to be able to be, uh, to be aggressive and take advantage of opportunities as they come. Um, and, and we are, you know, backing these people so that, so they can, can, can continue to professionalize. But I don't think that this is going to be an industry that goes the way of self-storage or multifamily in that you have a lot of the huge institutions that end up like, you know, you can, we can debate about how much they're dominating. Uh, you know, there's still like the quote unquote mom and pop investor is still a biggest, a big part of those markets also. But I think it's going to be difficult for them to really break into the SCR space because mm-hmm. it is not, it's inherent, not as scalable. Yep. Uh, like the, each individual property is individual and its individuality is what makes it unique and what makes someone want to go there as opposed to going to, you know, the intercontinental or whatever hotel. It's because they have, they have these unique experiences. So the people that are figuring out how do I keep it, make it so that it continues to feel unique and special and its own individual property and experience and do that in a professional way. I would be able to do it, you know, in you know, a couple of properties of, you know, at, at scale. I mean, you know, those are going to be, be the people who win. I think it's going to be more fractured, like just because the hospitality business is inherently, you know, more fractured than some of the other spaces in real estate. So I think that there are going to be a lot of people. There's a lot of space to build strong, high cash flowing businesses of 10 properties, 20 properties, you know, that, you know, dominate one market uh, that we're seeing that those are the people that we're, that we're looking at, that we're financing that are just, that are crushing everybody else. Uh, the people who are like, they're in one market. They are the people in that market. They have the best properties. They have the best experiences. Maybe they don't have a 350 unit portfolio all across the country, but the person, but they're cleaning it up in, you know, Jacksonville Beach or, you know, on North Carolina, uh, you know, and, 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 and I think that's going to be a trend that continues. The people that the person that's dominating the vacation market, the those little niche markets, uh, they're going to continue to and they're going to get better and better. And, and it seems like you've sort of gone heavy off of that that niche of like individuals individuals that have a real need for cash flow based solutions given how their businesses are run and you're aggressively going after that space and been able to see and and the growth that nectar's had over the past 2 years how many how many people are you guys up to now 
Uh, you have 10 people on the team now. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Still a top team. Still, still, still a top team. But yeah. you know, when, we, when we first met, it was two. <laughs> Are you guys I'm committed to I'm always still going after the smaller mom and pop investor and people with maybe the three to 10 properties or is the vision that eventually you guys are only I'm helping cash flow and companies that are much larger in scale. Like what, what are you guys looking to grow and scale into? Is it just doing more or moving higher market? Like what does the future look like? I'd say we truly believe that the real estate market is like filled with sub institutional owners and operators. Those are the people who know the markets better. They provide a better experience. Like if you look at, they have higher ratings on Airbnb. They are better in, they're more in tune with the community. They're better stewards. Uh, that, that's something that we believe. I don't believe that these larger managers and operators are inherently better in any way, other than it's easier for big institutions, big hedge funds to write big checks into them. And so they, they have a cost of capital advantage. Uh, but that, 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 that's it. We want to solve the, we want to be the go-to financing partner for the people who are sub-institutional, the people who they know the local area, like they, you know, they, they, they're going to dominate that market. Uh, and like, we want to be their partner. And that's kind of what we're doubling down on. We're doubling down on the fact that the real estate market is a fragmented market and it's going to stay fragmented and it's probably better that way. Uh, and so we're going to like always be investing and being able to create better tools better analytics and better financing products so that we can arm the local mom and pop or regional regional companies against the large institutional companies that can just, you know, that can raise a hundred million dollar check from a large, you know, large institution. Like that, that's, that is kind of our vision from now and forever. That, <laughs> that's ex exciting to hear for the industry. I, I agree. And we're obviously seeing some consolidation. We're seeing some larger operators get bigger, uh, but still the vast majority of the industry is sort of small to mid-sized companies and wanting to grow their portfolio, uh, but not looking to be the next Hilton or Marriott. They're looking to be a group that can scale in a, a decent sized portfolio of homes and and cash flow them and and build build businesses that help change their lifestyle, things like that. And seems like you guys are are clearly going after that arm of the business. And that's what we're specifically set up for. That's why mm -hmm. we don't have equity stakes in these properties. We're set up so you can have the financing and you can keep your properties forever if that's what you want to do. Uh, if you want to sell them, you get the upside that you create. <laughs> uh, we're specifically set as opposed to other LPs where you make money by by adding value, then selling the property so you can give the value to investors. That's not what we're set up to do. It's that, that's set up to that, you know, that, that's a way for larger, you know, larger institutions to be able to get the returns that they need for their LPs. Uh, we're set up so that, you know, you can have the benefits and accrue the upside uh, in your own work. That's why we set this company up in the first place. So needing to wrap up now, I've got a question for you. As I know, we've got I mean, lots of investors sitting here and you're a, a smart guy, built a financing company. So so when are our 30-year interest rates going back to under 4%? Huh. <laughs> I would say that probably never. <laughs> like, I know that's bad news. I, I know people, that's not what people want to hear. But uh, I don't think if 30-year interest rates are under 4%, that means that we're just not growing as an economy and as a society. 
Uh, I think that's a, like what we want is you want like interest rates were higher because we had higher growth uh, mm -hmm. because we had things like electricity and industrialization, things that like made it so that we were much more productive. Uh, so there was higher just growth and inflation. Yep. And that's good. And maybe this AI revolution, maybe all the technology is being built now will allow us to go back into a mode where we're growing, where innovation is happening and the economy is growing. And if that's the case, then interest rates should be higher. But that's okay because there will be more growth. If long-term interest rates are 4%, then I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's necessarily inherently a good thing. So, so, so you're saying if I'm, I'm holding out refinancing to grow my portfolio for interest rates to get below 4%, I, I probably holding my breath uh, and I should go with Nectar instead and and go ahead and get those projects done. Yeah, I say keep that 4% mortgage as long as you'll they'll, as long as you can. Like if it's 30 years, keep it for 30 years. Use Nectar uh, so you can you know get those next deals uh, at whatever 7% interest rates are out now. Because look, it's not crazy if mortgages go to 10 or 12%. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was a time back before my time uh, but like mortgages were like 15 to 20%, you know, like that's just as normal as 4%, like 20% and 4%, they're, they're in similar places in history. If we do like a hundred years from now, we look back. So I say, keep the 4% mortgage, don't refinance out, use Nectar to get some cash to buy another property and get these 7% rates. And if, if it cash flows now, look, we're going to come out of this time period and we come out of this time period, like the ADRs are going up. So like you just want, you want to just, you want to own assets. Well, that's maybe a, a great uh, spot to end it. Uh, Derek, if people want to find you or Nectar, where should they go? Go to usenectar.com. If you, if you're interested in financing, if you want to be an affiliate uh, and refer people to, to Nectar and get, uh, you know, get a fee, usenectar.com, you know, you can apply there. You can go to the affiliate page to become an affiliate. Um, and we'll get back to you ASAP, same day or next day. I'll be putting my affiliate link in the uh, show notes below. Please do. Please do. <laughs> we'll keep the referral fees coming. <laughs> well, Derek, it was so great uh, to have you here. Sorry not to see uh, Brittany, but uh, give her my best. And uh, look to see you around soon on, on the conference scene or around the streets of Atlanta. Definitely. Look forward to seeing you. And yeah, Brittany sends her best. Uh, so someone has to actually run the business. So uh, that's what she's doing today. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you.